We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. My service you? Great Scott! It'll never be enough! I only want to hear Yaya Ding Dong! Ah, oh, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. You're listening to You Watched What? I'm Kate. And I'm Amy. This week, we watched the 2001 animated classic Spirited Away, one of my favourite movies. How are you, Amy? Um, I'm okay. <laughs> look, it's look. let's get into it. It's been a time. We it's, haven't recorded yeah. for five weeks. Yeah, because you got a social life for a couple of weeks and then the government said no one can have a social life and all... <laughs> coronavirus kind of said yeah. no one can have a social life it's coronavirus's fault the yeah. government were just responding that's to the situation. right and uh we've been separated and in lockdown for a little bit mm-hmm. and then last week there was a massive storm yeah. and i lost power and didn't have power for a few days and in that time I uh, started clenching my teeth in my sleep a lot (laughs) and I have broken a tooth and um, it's getting fixed early next week but I'm in a little bit of pain guys so I'm I'm okay being better. (laughs) Is this going to affect your feelings about the movie? No, but it was a long time ago that I watched the movie and because of what's been going on, I haven't had the energy to re-watch the movie, so it will affect my my memory a little bit. There was that 48 hours where you literally had no electricity and couldn't do anything. Yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? It was a fun time. Joy of joys. But everyone is safe and That's right. Look, and we don't have it as bad. We're okay. We're okay. That's my complaints. Complaints line is now closed. Cool. Um, yeah, like I've been fine because I, you know, was looking forward to recording, missed everyone and was looking forward to seeing them again. But yeah, I had a social life for a couple of weeks. Then we went back into lockdown and I just hung out in my house for a while and watched movies and mm. it, it was fine. And guys, I'm we fine. did we did try to organise ourselves to record remotely but and we were sending each other things but then we came to trying to record remotely and I didn't have... A, like a spare cord I had to choose between my laptop or recording and that just doesn't work when you're recording through your laptop no like if, if the battery dies in the middle of recording it's kind of a problem yeah so we got we we got to the night where we're like okay I think we can at least try some of this and I will I'll post the photo with the episode because I got a great screenshot of us on Zoom. As you lost power, <laughs> it looks like a found footage horror movie I where, know. where everything just goes. I know like black. We and were then literally on. We were literally on Zoom working it out, guys, and and the power went out. It's a great picture, though. God, it's and then so yesterday, creepy. yesterday on Zoom again, mm-hmm. I literally had logged in for my kids to do their music lessons that they do remotely, and. We'd logged on and we lost power again. So 
for a couple of hours yesterday. So it, and, it, and it's been on and off a couple of times through the week. Mm. So it's We're tiring. <laughs> for if, if we lose power in the middle of We these. may lose power again. We call, look, we'll let you know, guys. That, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Can I tell you about all of the movies I've been watching in the time when I haven't been able to go anywhere and do anything? Sure, go for it. All right. Actually, I have I have watched quite a few movies in that time. I won't talk about all of them. Was chatting with your kids yesterday about the Mitchells versus the Machines, which mm. is on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched that with them. That was a movie that I kind of put on so I could have some alone adult yeah, time. Yeah, free time through. I think we watched it through. Like, I don't know. It's such a blur. My husband's stuck on the other side of. Um, I was going to say the world, but that's a little <laughs> bit dramatic. He's stuck in Western Australia at the moment, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been a blur the last four weeks. But yeah, so that was, I know that was a movie that I'd popped on and I could hear that it was funny and I could hear that they were really enjoying it and they said they loved it. So it might be one that I do get to see eventually. Hopefully when you've got a chance to sit down and have a movie afternoon with the kids, it's very funny. Uh, The plot is basically there's a family, the main lead character is going to college that um, they're driving her across the country so that she can enroll in um, an animation school in California and there's a robot apocalypse and they're the last family uncaptured and they have to save the world mm-hmm. it's hilarious yeah there's they're, some good good actors in it too yeah there's some really great voice work Maya Rudolph is always amazing Olivia Coleman's like a robot in it isn't she she's the baddie it's ah, great okay she's getting the kind of um Baddie English voice work that Emma Thompson was doing like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched the most recent Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet. Okay, yes. Uh, Look, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I had an enjoyable experience because I like an action movie with big, exciting set pieces and it certainly is that. Mm -hmm. But I have a lot of – I have a lot to say. I'm not going to say it here. If anyone wants my opinions, maybe one day we'll – Amy will watch it and we'll just do a mini episode where we just drag <laughs> it. It's like two and a half hours long. There's, I feel like this isn't an original take, but when Inception came out, which was like 10 years ago, um, there was a sense that this was Christopher Nolan doing his kind of take on a Bond movie. Yeah. With, um, with you know, but with some science fiction elements of, you know, the, the manipulation of dreams and it not being fully real, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But it let him have some really cool, amazing set pieces and really make this big action movie. Yeah. This feels like Christopher Nolan is going back to the well of, I want to make a Bond movie, but 10 years further into his career when he feels he's just, he's too good for that. And the thing is, I don't think the idea is that, that good. good. Okay. He's got an idea that gives him a few really interesting action set pieces, but there is way too much movie around it that mm. it doesn't all need to be there. Mm. Michael Caine is in it, but for a scene that's literally clearly been written just to give Michael Caine one scene, and it should have been cut because it doesn't really contribute, yeah. but it's just there so that Michael Caine could be in it. And there are quite a few scenes like that. I've got a, a lot – I've got, I'm very frustrated with how he um, mixed the sound. A lot of the time you can't hear the dialogue. When you can hear the dialogue, it's really bad dialogue that doesn't make any sense. Like, oh. I've just got – I was very frustrated by this movie. Very frustrated oh. by this movie. Well, it's I interesting because it. every yeah, it sounds like a look. Every time I go on to, I think it's on binge probably, 
And it's like the first thing that comes up. Like it's really trying to sell me to mm. watch this. And I was just like, oh, Binge, you don't know me that well yet. Why you, Why do you keep showing me this movie? I don't want to watch this. Does Binge have – do you have individual accounts for the family? Or is no, it, it's one. So that yeah, might be it actually. It's recommending it to Sean. Yeah. And it's probably right. Sean would like it more than you, I think. Yeah. Look, there's some good performances. Uh, John David Washington is excellent. Um, Edward Cullen is in it. He's also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful. It's splashy. But also I think Christopher Nolan would be insufferable. Do you think that he's just like a director now that's just, you know, when you see director's cuts of movies, they just yes. don't make any sense. And you get a sense And you're of- like, well, that's why – Editors exist and that's why editors are so important to movies because they make a story make sense. Yes, yes. Editors really don't get the credit they deserve for sometimes taking a movie that is a mess and Mm. constructing something that actually makes sense out of it. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the problem. He's the kind of director who has final cut and maybe he shouldn't. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. So a friend showed me that. I hadn't seen it before. And in return, I gave her the gift of showing her Galaxy Quest, which she hadn't seen before. Oh, and it's great. Really? I know. I love I that I haven't movie. seen that in a really long time. It was – look, it was a good chance after having watched Jojo Rabbit pretty recently before that to indulge in some more Sam Rockwell who's mm. in that and is quite young and is hilarious. I, You know. Yeah. We talked about how much I love him. He's yeah, great. he's great. You know that I'm a big horror fan and a big science fiction fan. Mm-hmm. I crossed one off my list this week that has been a secret shame for a long time. I'd never seen Alien. Oh, really? I know, right? I've never seen it either, but it surprises me that you haven't seen it. It surprises anyone who knows me and oh, who's talked to me for about sure films. you would have seen that. Well, it's just I don't know how I hadn't seen it. I just somehow slipped through uni and it was never on a film course that I took. Yeah. Um I wasn't ever avoiding it. I knew I'd like it. I, I mean, I, you know, I know all the spoilers. I'd seen bits of it, so there was nothing in it that surprised me. But I just never sat down and watched it. Uh, a podcast that I really like, The Evolution of Horror, is just launching their new series. Um, this season is going to be about alien horror. Uh, and I thought, I've got to – I'm going to sit down it. and watch – um, so I'll watch Aliens shortly too because I also haven't seen that. Oh, but, um, is there a different a- – there's Alien and then there's so Aliens. The first one is Alien. The second one is Aliens. Uh-huh. I, I know. I think it's Alien 3 with like a little three like cubed, like, like okay. the math sign, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to cut all of this if I'm very wrong. Then there's Alien 4, Resurrection. Then uh. there's Prometheus, which is sort of – a be- like in the and alien you've seen none universe. Of them. I've seen Prometheus, which is definitely the worst one to have seen. So, okay. and then I think there's another. I had seen none of them except Prometheus, which technically isn't even really an aliens movie. Okay, and also is a movie that falls into the category of Idris Elba is in this, but he's too good for it. Oh, okay. A la Pacific Rim. Yeah. Anyway, so I finally, finally saw Alien, and yeah, it is as good as I was hoping and expecting. Spectacular. I loved it. I shouldn't have left it this long. Oh, good. You You've go. done it now. I've done it now. You can check it off your list. <laughs> so I spent the lockdown watching movies that I'm not going to actually bring up because I've put them on the list to to watch in the future. Ooh. They're older movies, some that I've been thinking about, watch, like I've thought about for years and 
didn't really have access to watching them because they weren't on Apple or mm. anything and I kind of stumbled across them on um, streaming services yeah. in the last few weeks. So I'm pretty excited that they'll be brought up kind of soonish. Soon. So I'm not going to – I know that's a real big tease, everyone. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I've been watching with movies. But for shows um, – I'm really excited that my favourite Housewives are back. <laughs> Housewives of Beverly Hills is back on. Um, oh, it's I just know. so easy to watch. I love a good – I like hate being in confrontation myself. Mm-hmm. Hate it. Can't stand it. Love watching confrontation happen on TV. Oh, it's the vicarious pleasure of you never have to be in that situation, but you yeah. get to sort of watch it all play out. Yeah, I know, and it just makes me so happy to mm. to what like I sit there smiling, and I and I get really. I find with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is a show that I feel goes like that for me. Mm. Like I'll be watching it, watching it, and then it'll finish. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> but you're oh. so absorbed. <laughs> Is that it? Oh, so um, that's back. So I'm I'm wrapped about that. Mm. I've just finished watching the final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Which oh, that's right. They're finishing. Yeah, up. Yeah, I've watched all of all of that. That's the same kind of thing. Like, just I I think I'm a bit of a voyeur in in that sense that I don't particularly like them. I don't particularly agree with their lifestyle choices. Um, in some ways, I really admire them. In some ways, to have watched how like they've evolved and made and things. a lot of money. Yeah, and so that's just finished up. So that was that was a good one for me to watch as well. But on a more kind of okay, so that's the reality corner done <laughs> for my reality <laughs> corner done. I've actually just started watching this last week the new Kirsten Dunst show on Ooh. Netflix on becoming a god in central Florida. Have you, I'm aware of it, but I haven't seen it so yet. So it's set in the early 90s. So early nine, it's 80s fashion because we all know that the early 90s was still technically the 80s. The 80s didn't end until like 1993 yeah. at least. Yeah, so I think it's like 1990 or 91. Um, it's a black comedy, I would class it as. It's a bit crazy, like it's a little bit like I've only watched the first two episodes. It's a it's a show that I watched and I was like, okay, because when I see a show a lot of the time I'm like, all right, I'm going to binge the first three episodes. But I watched one and then I left it for a few days and then I've just watched the, the second episode last night and now I'm going to leave it for a little bit. It's – um. Yeah, I think you need a little bit of time to digest it. It's really good. Cool. But, yeah, I don't think it's one that I can just go bang, bang, bang with. Yeah. But it is it is actually – it's really good. You mm. need to get, get onto it. I will. Like okay, it's Netflix. It's really, really good. Yeah, that's Netflix. The other one that I um, – I, well, I did binge this like in pretty much two afternoons while the kids were back at school. Woohoo. Um <laughs> And it's a, it's a show that I've thought about. I've watched it originally when it was on the ABC in 2015, I think. Um, and I've thought about it periodically, like... Since. Since. And I'd been thinking about it only last week. And I think it's because um, the Australian Ballet were doing Anna Karenina. Karenina. Yeah. Um, and I'd been thinking about it and then... I was on Instagram and I saw Celia Pacolia's, um she posted something that someone had said 
I've just watched Celia Pacola in The Beautiful Lie. Oh. She was amazing and she'd reposted that someone had said that about her and I kind of just went in a mode of, oh, my God, where can, it, must be, it must be on something. It must be on a streaming service if someone's just watched it. So I searched for it and it's on Netflix. Oh, excellent. So I was like, right, watch it because – it's it's. Have you seen it? No. Oh, you have to go and. Though I do it's really, so I like good. her a lot. And I remember watching it years ago, um, and each week just going, oh, how is this getting better and better? Like it is so mm. good. The cast is phenomenal. Like it's got enough kind of humor through it to kind of make it not so dark and depressing, but it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So awesome. I was so excited that I could see it again. And so go and watch it. All right. And lastly, I've just started watching as a bit of a background show, like while I'm doing the ironing and stuff, I've just put on Puberty Blues, oh. the Australian show from, I think it was like 2012. Mm. And I never watched it back then, but um, it's it's really a nice little snapshot of Australia in the seventies, and yeah. um, yeah, I'm quite enjoying that actually too. So, and that's on Netflix as well. So, awesome. a big Netflix week in my house. Yeah, I finally started watching Superstore as oh, my yes. winding down yeah. fun show. Yeah. yeah, it's good, isn't it? It is. It's so good. It's just a good little yeah, have a have a giggle show. Yeah. <laughs> The wind's pulling us in. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. I'm not going. It gives me the creeps. Don't be such a scaredy cat, hero. Let's just take a look. So this week, we watched Spirited Away. Came out in 2001. So in July this year, it's have its 20th anniversary of oh, wow. release. Yeah. Well, happy 20th birthday, Spirited Away. This was... I did some Wikipedia research. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, it was the highest grossing movie in Japan mm. of all time yes. until last December. Oh, I don't know what it what overtook it, but I know that it overtook Titanic. Yes, it it took it yes. overtook Titanic for highest grossing movie in Japan. Yeah, it was um, like um, I, I did some. I think I did something like it was three hundred and sixty million Australian dollars. It it took yeah yep, like, that sounds right that's crazy yeah it was massive there i think fully deservingly it's an incredible movie that i've loved since i saw it the first time in the cinema it won like the japanese film academy's best movie award that year and it won best animated feature at the american academy awards so it's been, you know, it's been recognised, it's been lauded. This is at a point in Miyazaki's career where he was getting a lot of international recognition as well mm-hmm. as at home and it's just it's What a had he done movie. prior to this? So Miyazaki had been working in animation in Japan since the early 60s mm-hmm. um, and started his, his studio, Studio Ghibli, with some of his colleagues in 85. Okay. Um, probably his... Biggest hits before this would be My Neighbor Totoro, uh-huh. uh huh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, that was prior. Yep. Yes, yeah. He's got a lot of credits, but yeah, um, yep. those are probably the the um, Princess Mononoke was the film that he did immediately before this, which I think came out at least in Japan in ninety seven. Okay, and this was a big crossover hit. This was, I think, one of the earlier films that got 
a, a large release in the US. It had a, a, a more high-profile cast. That yeah. Miyazaki got control of directing the English language cast, uh-huh. which is one of the reasons I've always watched the English dub of this. I find it – I find with – I've got – opinions on the dubs and in general if it's live action i will watch subtitles because i find the mismatch between the mouth too hard and the speaking very distracting yes but with animation if the dub is any good at all i will watch it with the dub because that's Mm. less distracting yeah when i want to be really looking at the visuals Mm. um yeah that makes sense yeah and and, i mean there are some examples of movies where the dub is just brutally awful and i'll watch it with subtitles but these, these films do not fall into that category. I've watched it twice <laughs> recently because we were planning to record this episode a, a five weeks, four weeks ago. ago. <laughs> four, five weeks ago. Um, and so this weekend um, I watched it for the first time in Japanese with just the subtitles. Okay. Which was – it was interesting to get a sense of how – well, you know the movie so well, though, as well, that it, y- yeah. you don't need every single word. Oh, no, exactly. I've seen it at least, like, more than ten times over the over the 20 years um, since it came out. So yeah. I, I, it was great. It was actually a really nice opportunity, having watched it recently, to just really take in the visuals again and mm. just look at that beautiful animation and the beautiful yeah, painted so backgrounds. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I couldn't get over how amazing all the floral stuff was like when he does flowers there yeah, like that scene when they're going to see oh. her parents when they when they're in the pigsty yeah and we cut through the flowers it's just phenomenal so beautiful yeah this is this is one of the reasons it's one of my favorite movies and one of my top comfort movies is because those those backgrounds are he the the, the way that they've painted flowers and scenery and then sometimes will really give you time as an audience to to sit in that and have a moment of rest where there's, you know, it's not yeah. plot, 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 plot. There's yeah. plenty of plot. There's plenty of action. But sometimes you will just get a moment that's just beautiful for the mm. sake of a beautiful moment. And yeah. I love that. Yeah, um, beautiful, amazing. Mm-hmm. So Miyazaki made this movie, well, he made the decision to make this movie after I think it was a, like a family holiday with some friends and a number of younger children were there and he realised he had never made a movie that was aimed at like 10-year-old girls, Mm. never made a movie for 10-year-old girls. And so he decided, well, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Even though he's like My Neighbour Totoro, the protagonists are two little girls. Yeah, I was going to say. Kiki is a, you know, 10 girl. Kiki was actually the movie. We had a big, just before the very, our very first lockdown um, last year in 2020, we had a big party here at our house. Like it was it hadn't hit our shores yet. It was in February oh, and it yeah. hadn't hit our shores yet. And we had a big joint birthday party between my daughter, my friend's daughter, and another friend's daughter who Aww. they all had their birthday on the same day or within a day of each other. So we had a big party here and we had like 30 kids over and the screening was Kiki's delivery service. Mm. So it was popcorn and Kiki's and donut cakes and... So yeah, it's it's, mm. it's and all the kids loved it. Mm. They really loved it, and I know that one of the little girls whose birthday it was. I know, I'm pretty sure for book week, at some point she dressed as Kiki. I think if if you go back through Miyazaki's movies, there's um a lot. There's a lot of oh the I, phrase "strong female character" yeah. has been overused and kind of perverted. But th- there's a lot of 
strong-willed young women who get to have a, a coming-of-age story. Yeah. His movies are quite feminist, whether or not he's intended that. I think It may not be intentional, but it may be something that's a theme within his life yeah. anyway. So quite it possibly. comes through, maybe. Mm. Or it could be completely intentional. It could be completely – I think with this movie it was very intentional that he felt he wanted a 10-year-old female protagonist who – has well, a coming of age on, story. He based it on one of his friend's daughters yeah. as well, I think. Yeah, that's what the internet told me. Yeah. <laughs> well, did my well, it was on the internet, it was on the internet so it's got to be true. Um, the English language um, voice of Chihiro is Davy Chase. Yeah. Samantha Darko. I know. I wrote that down too. I thought, you, I thought you'd, if you hadn't known that, I knew that you would love that. Yeah. I really, I think she no, does I've a great never performance. Seen, I've never seen her the the weird um, sequel yeah. for that. The maybe I need to watch that. Maybe we do, we do a thing. Yeah, I think we might need to track down S Darko and watch that. Yeah, I think so. I don't know whether it needs to have a show about it, but we definitely need to watch it. Also, the music. The music in these movies is really great. Yeah, but that's a theme in all of his movies. Mm. Like Ponyo is just yes amazing. Yeah, so Ponyo was um, originally him starting to do a version of The Little Mermaid and then kind yeah. of really going on a tang- and tangent there. And I really there. drew comparisons between um, – I really drew comparisons between Chihiro and Ponyo at some points in the movie where yeah. I was like, oh, I can see – I can see – his inspiration and his crossover yep. happening here. Yeah. And I, I even said to one of my daughters, I go, oh, I feel like this is a bit Ponyo-y mm. at the moment. Because Ponyo is one that I've – it was probably the first one that I saw from him. Yes. I remember showing it to you and when it's your one eldest was a baby. Watched, yeah, and it's one we've watched a bit. Mm. And we've had – you've brought back Ponyo puppets. I have. We've got a beautiful Ponyo flannel that's oh. a billion years old now but yeah. still gets used and – yeah, yeah. A poor Ponyo puppet lost her eye at one oh, point. No. <laughs> okay, so I've written down here, and it's because it's been a little while since I watched it. Maybe you mm-hmm. can explain why I've written this down, but you may not know why I've written it down <laughs> either. So it says, first scene, I've clocked the Kit Kat. <laughs> I, I obviously was very excited that there was a Kit Kat in the scene. There must be. They're in the car. So it opens, they're in the and car. And you know what it would be? moving house. So I think what it would be is that it would have been Japanese packaging and that instantly takes me back to when, I think I've spoken about it before, when mm. I was on exchange in Japan and um, all of their snacks. And I still, like, it's been 21 years. Mm. But oh I goodness. can – so the baby's born while I was in Japan and now, like, 21. <laughs> That's freaky to think about. That is freaky to think about. But I still often think of all the the snacks that you can get in Japan that oh. we're only just starting to get now. Like, I've only just started to be able to regularly buy um, Pocky sticks yes. for my girls for their lunch boxes and things. And I'm like – God, we were eating these in Japan like years ago. For a long time in Australia, you had to go to an Asian grocer to get Pocky. Yeah. And well, our local IGA, yeah. I think I sent you a photo you of did. our local IGA even had choco pies. Yeah. Which again, I'd only ever seen, before now, I'd only ever seen an Asian grocer's. I know, Love Pocky. It was really exciting. Love 
there are so many more Kit Kat flavors, and there's there's so many well, that limited editions. It might have been a fancy flavor. Something yeah. I know so that many, something yeah. got me excited that in the first scene we saw a Kit Kat, a yeah. Japanese Kit Kat. Something else that got me exciting was ex- exciting. Something <laughs> else that got me excited was that the dad yeah. looks identical to papa who was my host father oh my god like the same kind of buzz um flat top hairdo yeah and so it was really yeah it was really of the time well I don't he didn't have a mustache my host father didn't have a mustache but definitely the um flat top hairdo and it was really like so this came out 2001 Mm -hmm. and so I was there in 99 so it was he looked like all the dads floating around Japan there at you go. that time. Yeah. So it was actually like really like, yeah, that's exactly exactly it. And the car was really similar to the car that he had as well. Oh, wow. But something I found funny about the car was in that scene, they go off road. Mm-hmm. So they're moving house and he's like, oh, I know a shortcut. Yeah. Yep. And he said, yeah. And he says, he goes, don't worry, I've got four-wheel drive. And I was just like, you're in a sedan. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't have four-wheel drive. Unless, like, it's some, some crazy thing in Japan that their sedans, their little their little grey sedans have four-wheel drive. But I don't think so. I don't think he does. I, th- I think he made that up. <laughs> um, I remember watching, a like, a behind-the-scenes video uh, a, a, with that scene where specifically they took – the, the production team hired exactly that car that they'd animated ah. and went and recorded it on back roads so they could get okay. the sound exactly right. Exactly right, yeah. And I wish I'd been paying attention to see if it was in four-wheel drive or not. I don't think it was. It's a no, sedan. It's, it's a sedan, so it wouldn't be. So, no. yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's just a written in that uh, that's a dad move of like, oh, we'll be mm. okay. Because he does pull that and that vibe of it, it, she'll be right kind mm. of is what gets him and his wife, Chihiro's parents, into trouble mm. when they cross over. So they find what seems to be an abandoned theme park. Yeah, they find this abandoned theme park that seems to have been built in the 90s and then the the business has gone bust and it's still there. Mm. So it looks like a real building but it's all just kind of plaster and fake. Yeah. And then they cross over this field and, and follow their noses to yeah. this great little street of little restaurants. Yeah. There's no one around, but there's this amazing so beautiful, food. isn't it? And it? And they keep kind of mentioning, oh, it smells delicious. And it really comes across when you see the, the food. Like my mm-hmm. mouth's actually watering now mm-hmm. thinking about it. Like it, being to Asian countries before and enjoying Asian food yeah. um, and ate – Asian food is one of the the things that doesn't upset my stomach oh, so much good. because I don't use too much garlic and onion. There you um, go. It really looked delicious. It like did. they're telling you that it smells and you could really mm. feel that through. Yeah. This is something that Miyazaki does well and this comes up in, in a lot of his films. I guess it's not so much a theme as a trope but – he cares so much about animating food so that it looks delicious, mm. and he and they and they do his team yeah. really do, and um, then the parents start really enjoying it too, don't they? Yeah, this delicious food. I love Chihiro at this point. She's she's a little bit whingy. She's not she's not too whingy. She's not too annoying, mm. but she's 
She didn't really. She was a little bit hesitant well, to go I and explore. Well, I think that she's the one that's got the most common sense happening yes. at this this point. And like, definitely at this point, I think it crosses over from her being hesitant to being sensible, which is like, should we? I don't. We I don't want to eat this. this. There's no one. And he and Dad's I love like, Dad's. I've, like, got, I've got credit, credit cards. cards. <laughs> <laughs> I can pay for this. It's okay. Which in Japan kind of is more of a. I've got credit cards and cash is more of a brag than it would be here. Because the last time I was in Japan, it's still very much a cash culture. Yeah. Having your credit cards and your cash is like, oh, he's got options. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the parents are like, no, this is delicious. And Chihiro's like, I don't think we should do this, which is the sensible yeah. thing. So I didn't realise that they were going to, spoiler alert, turn into pigs. No. So I didn't know that part because I haven't seen this before and mm. I didn't really know anything about the movie. But the first thing I thought was like, wow, they're really pigging out. Was that actually <laughs> what I thought? Yep. And then when I watched it again a few days later with my girls, they were like, oh, they're pigging out. Like, So it was done so well that even us Australians start going, that's pigging out. The idea is in your head before it happens yeah. and so it feels really and natural. And then really kind of slowly and organically you start hear they start making kind of piggy noises. Mm-hmm. There, so it's done so well that you're yeah. not surprised that when she she goes off to wander and that when she comes back, you're not surprised they've that turned they've turned into, into pigs. She is surprised. Well, she's surprised, but, but we're not surprised. It, it does feel organic and it makes the audio mixing in that is yeah, so good. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Chihiro has a bit of a look around, comes back. Her parents are pigs now. This uh-huh. is not good. And she is, I think, rightly a bit freaked out. I want to talk about her name just for a bit. This comes up a little bit later in the movie, but Chihiro means a thousand fathoms, so something very, very deep. Okay. And then when her name changes later in the movie and they take some of the kanji, it just leaves the word thousand. Ah. So it just becomes about a numerical value but not about the great depth that she chose. Right. Oh, it's so deep. Mm. There's a lot going on. So the town starts to change and we start to see it is like there are staff in these restaurants. They really it happens really slowly, but there these ghostly figures start appearing and the lights all start turning on and it starts yeah. to get dark and Jihiro starts to panic and tries to escape. And I think this is the yeah, part I where someone is is it when I've written down a quote that they're saying like yep. get out of here, they're they're lighting the lamps. Yes. And that's so, Haku, our anti hero and Look, Haku arrives. We don't know who he is or if he's a good guy or a bad guy at this point. Mm. But he arrives and he's like, you've got to get out of here. And she runs to back to where the field was, only it's a huge river now and she can't cross it. Yes. And she starts to she starts to become invisible and really starts to panic. panic. Yeah. Yeah, she's trapped in with the water moat and she becomes see-through. Mm. I like how this is in a lot of um, European folklore about like fairies. Uh-huh. There's the idea with, I think particularly also in, in like England and in Ireland, if you go to the fairy lands and you eat their food, you become trapped. Right. And, get, and so here, there's a bit of that here. So so then the paddle steamer comes along and they're all the It's beautifully spirits lit up. And all these um, spirits. All these spirits come start off. coming off. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a movie that's really, it's very Japanese in that way that it's, it's looking at the 
animistic re- mm. religion, Shinto, the idea basically, I'm going to really oversimplify, but that everything has a soul, everything has a spirit in it. All of the yes. forests have a spirit. All of the, you know, all of the pebbles, all of the trees have a spirit. Yeah. And so this is this is where they come to relax. This is their date. Yeah, is, this well, is their resort. This it, is their resort. Yeah. They come the, here to do soaks and eat great food and have a good time. Yeah. And so they start to come off the boat and we start to see some amazing character design. Yeah, I know. It's full on, isn't it? And she's yeah. been, then they have to cross a, a bridge and she has to hold her breath. Mm. So Haku finds her. He gives her a berry. So, yeah, this is like the opposite where you're – you become safer in the fairy world, in the in the spirit world, if you eat their food. So it gives her a oh, berry. Oh, okay. And she's able to – she stops turning invisible and she becomes – because she starts to be able to Yeah, but isn't it that the, the more food that you eat, you start to forget who you were? Yeah, I think that's also Because at the one point happening. she forgets her real name and things. Yeah, and I think that's a part of – she's becoming more part of that world, but also because Yubaba took her name. Yubaba. Yubaba. Who do you um, reckon my favourite character was? This is <laughs> – shall we do my new segment, Who Would You Like to Cosplay Now? Yeah. Totally. I would be oh you, Oh, my Barbara. God. She's so good. But for a long time in the, the um, movie, <laughs> I thought they kept saying, your father, like that. <laughs> Like, like with a like Boston from Brooklyn or yeah. something. Like it was a bit confusing for a little way. Like, oh, where's your father? Where's and your I father? thought they were talking about like where her dad was. And then, then the thought, it took me a long time to work out that they were singing Yababa. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, but I would totally be Yababa with all oh, of her jewels. The rings. Oh. And her big bobble head. She's so ostentatious. <laughs> it's so great. And the yeah. big full of fluffy dresses. Yes. Yeah, so Haku comes back for Chihiro, gives her the berry or whatever. She well, stops I wrote being down, eat the red pill. Eat the red pill. Oh, like in The Matrix. Yeah. I don't know whether that was said or whether I've just written that down. Who knows? Well, he gives her something that's, yeah, like it's round and red. I guess berry or pill shaped and she okay. eats it and then she stops being intangible. Yeah. And he's like, okay, you have to come with me. Yeah, and they go to the bridge. Another thing in Shinto – that I learned <laughs> that I learned from the internet, although I've been, you've been to a couple of temples when you're in mm-hmm. Japan as well. Yeah, the the cleanliness and the washing mm-hmm. is really important. There's yes. you know you've got to wash your hands ritually, and so I think that's some of the bridge, but also the point of the spirits even having a big bathhouse is being clean. Yeah, is really really important. Well, it, yeah, it is. Mm. Like you have a shower before you get into your bath. Yeah, to soak. Yeah, it's just it's part of. Which I think is also where then the environmental themes really come into mm. the movie. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so Chihiro almost gets the whole way across the bridge without breathing and then this frog jumps up and starts talking to Haku and it surprises her and they're stopped and she breathes and then everyone can see and smell her suddenly. There's so much talk about mm. human smell. Yeah, it was a little bit like a vampire, you yeah. know, when in a vampire movie where they're like, like in Twilight, like yeah. we can smell a human out here. <laughs> and they're all just like, oh, gross, you smell like a human and it's yeah. the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> but Jihiro, so she runs, Haku covers for her. Because I think it's in that, that point where they're like, oh, a few more days of eating our food and she won't smell anymore. That's there's, right. There's something like that happening as well. Like yeah. it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 she'll be fine. She just needs to be part of our world and eat our food. And so Haku gives her some advice. You've got to get a job. If you mm. want to save your parents and not be turned into an animal, you have to get a job here. And he 
they hide in some bushes and he does this thing. So we start to see him do some magic. He does some kind of a... Put your phone on silent, Kate. Jeez. Silent. Oh, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> so we see how could do a little bit of magic. He does some kind of a blowy thing that seems to like, I don't know, create glass. It looks cool. It sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And he finds Chihiro in a bush and he puts his fingers on her forehead and, and like gives her visually, here's where you need to go. You need to go and find the guy who runs the boiler room and make him give you a job so you can stay here. Yeah. And so then she has to go off on her own and go down this terrifying staircase um, and smacks herself into the wall and, have you know, we have kind of a light slapsticky moment and she and then she gets there and just kind of takes it in for a minute and we have one of those little quiet moments where she's watching how things work and we see... Um, Kamaji, who runs the boiler room, and yeah. he's whose name actually like translates into old boiler man or something like that. <laughs> that is so good. I mean, he is. He looks like a spider, though. He does. He's got these really. He's. You learn as the film goes on. He's you know he's a nice guy. He's very yeah. sweet, but he's terrifying to look at. He's yeah. got these spidery arms. Why does he call her his granddaughter? I have no idea, but I loved it where he's really – she comes in and is like, give me a job. And he's like, I have workers. It's fine. I'm not going to give you a job. And she starts to get in the way and she meets the soot sprite too. Yeah. I have tattooed on my hand, yes, you do. on my arm. And she starts to really – she's very – she's resolute. She's taken this advice and she's not going to give up without a job. He's like, I'm not going to give you a job, but, you know, I don't need it. And then he's, you know, hedging. And then Lynn comes in, one of the workers at the, at the, the, spa. the spa, and and swaps out his food and sees her and freaks out because this is the human that they're all looking for and freaking yeah. out about. And he's all, oh, she's my granddaughter. Yeah, and I my granddaughter like, needs a job. Take her to your baba because yeah. she's strong enough to, to negotiate with her. Like it was – and I was really confused, a bit like – why, why, what's, what have I missed? It was a no, little bit he like, just said oh, that. I he missed was, something, but yeah. Okay. He just decided, I like her. Yeah. She's sticking around. I'm going to lie and say she's my, my granddaughter. granddaughter. <laughs> okay. Unless there's a secret part about her parents that we don't know, but he's just he just decides, I like her, I adopted her. Yeah. The whole sequence where she's like taking and, and throwing the coal in and then all of the little soot sprites are like, you do mine. It's, it's very cute. Yeah, that whole scene so is cute. very and cute. And then he cracks it and he's like, no. The spell, the spell will be broken if yeah. they don't work. So. They don't work. They, you know, they stop existing. So yeah. you can't steal their job. Yeah, but you can go and get but a God, job. God, they must be strong because she struggled um, carrying yeah. that coal that they were kind of doing quite easily. Yep. And Lynn shows up and gives them. So she gives um, him his food, and it's I don't know some tempura and rice, mm. and then just throws out these lollies for the for the soot sprites. And one of my friends who's been to Japan a couple of times was telling me those are real lollies. Okay, but they're they're kind of crappy. They're just kind of chalky and gross. Uh, so they're not getting the good stuff. No, but sprites. But they are basically animated dust. They don't need fancy, expensive Kit Kats. So, so then Lynn takes her to meet Yababa. Yeah, Lynn takes her, and we get to see the the inside of the the bathhouse. The bathhouse. Thank you. And and where all of the guests go. Mm. And so immediately, Lynn is kind of she seems skeptical. But shows her how to get upstairs to meet you, Baba. And then, you know, later when um, Jahira has got a job, Lynn is like, oh, I'm so glad. I, you know, I was really worried about you. Mm. Everyone really takes to her very quickly. And I think it's – she is a, a charismatic character. She feels – and I think this is something Miyazaki's really good at. She feels like a real kid. You know, mm. she's not 
perfect at the start. She's, you know, sensitive, sensible, no, but a bit like, hesitant. Even, and, even when know. she's given the job and um, Lynn takes her back to her their, their kind of quarters mm. and gets her dressed as like one of the maids and things and she breaks down crying and I feel sick. And so you really like, yeah, that's how a little 10-year-old would be feeling in that moment where they've just been ripped away and yeah she's had to grow up she's growing up incredibly fast she's just lost her parents and has to save them and had to go and get a job she's only 10 she shows those moments of yeah normal you know human frailty really well she feels she feels like a real kid and that's something I really like about his movies that the kids do feel complex like real people like interesting yes. characters but they don't feel like mini adults yeah they they do feel like they're children. not too grown up still yeah. so yeah. that part's quite sweet where she she has a bit of a moment yeah it is it's really cute and it's it's really nice how lynn's just like oh the new girl just doesn't feel well like she's kind yeah she's just like oh don't to, to people waking up she doesn't draw a huge attention to yeah what's actually going on mm. as well and so then Haku comes back when they're asleep and, and gives her the message to meet him and that he'll go and show her. Yeah, he takes her to his to her parents. And that sequence is beautiful, walking through the flowers. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it is it's gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. And that's kind of – so she goes off and sees her parents. I've written, don't eat anymore or the will eat you. What does that mean? Or they will eat you or <gasps> – Chihiro shouts that at her parents. Or, or they'll eat you. They'll eat you. She shouts that at her parents when she okay. – so Haku takes her to see her parents and their pigs and he tells her, you mm. have to remember what they look like because yeah. you're going to have to save Which them. Which is really hard because they all look – They all look exactly the yeah. same. It's great animation to make them all look really similar to each other. Yeah, but that, I can imagine that with pigs anyway if they don't have any distinguishing markings. Yeah, if, I or didn't know a pig. any kind of huge size difference. It would be really hard to tell pigs apart. <laughs> yeah, they're all pink skinned pigs. Like there's there's no markings. They're it's animated well that it's not they're not duplicated, but they all look the same. And he tells you you have to remember what they look like. And she yells at them like, "Don't eat any more, or they'll eat you." Like they're gonna get turned into bacon. Oh if yes, two. okay, I get yeah, yeah. yes, definitely. Mm. Okay, I get why I've written that quote down now. Yep. I didn't make sense to me just then, but yeah, yeah. If they get any fatter, they're gonna be pork chops. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And this is when that after so after she's seen her parents is when she has the conversation that she's starting to forget her name because Yubaba has like we just mentioned previously yeah. has changed her name and her name is now Sen Sen. It's one of those things with the kanji. The yes. word Sen is in because her, the, of the meaning of her name. Yes, yeah, that Sen is in there, but Sen is not actually pronounced as part of the name Chihiro. Yeah, um, but yeah, so she's now just Sen. Um, Haku gives her her clothes and and the card from her friend that was with her flower that she was complaining about at the start of the movie that mm. you know she finally got a bouquet and it was a farewell gift. Mm. Um, and it has her name on it and she re- she has to recall that her name's yeah, Chihiro. Yeah, she's, she's a bit like, oh, I can't believe I'm already forgetting my name. And that's and we learn that that's, that's part of the deal with signing up with Yubaba is she, she takes part of your name. Haku doesn't remember his real name, mm. but he remembers Chihiro's. Yes. He remembers her from before yeah um, which is because i think he's really trying to fight it yeah as well you get he's that not just resolved to well this is how it is he's mm. still fighting it you start to hope and chihiro's starting to hope is he good is he is, 
this person who seems to be on my side, is he a good person? Yeah. And I mean, but spoiler. He's more, he's more complex yes. than that, though, as well. Also, like, so dramatic. I had forgotten until rewatching it. He's, he's so dramatic. Mm. It, I love it. But yeah, he's quite complex. It's This is something that is also another theme in Miyazaki's movies. Characters don't really easily fall into just good and bad. Yubaba is the antagonist, but she's not necessarily evil. Yeah. And this happens, I think, in a lot of his movies. I think it's clearer. Princess Mononoke is aimed at a slightly older audience and has older characters and and more intense themes. But the thing is, you've got characters that even if they are working against what our protagonist wants – it's not it's not clearly good and bad. Yeah. I remember showing my neighbour Totoro to your girls when I think they were six and four. Okay. Yeah. The two eldest. And so, you know, the two year old wasn't really paying attention. But um and six and four both asked, you know, like who part of the way through, who, who's the bad guy? Who's gonna be the bad guy? Mm. It's like there there isn't there one. Isn't like one. tuberculosis yeah. is the bad guy that they're fighting in this like yeah there's no there's a a difficult situation but there's no villain in the way that a lot of um traditional american kids movies you've got a hero and a villain and they battle it out and that's not necessarily what happens in miyazaki's movies Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. so yeah yubaba is definitely a problem and haku works for her but he's also yeah clearly her little lackey isn't isn't he but he's clearly going out of his way to help Chihiro and make sure that she can save her parents and he gave her the advice that that saved her hide really and got her the job. Mm. I love how, yeah, Lynn sort of pretends to be annoyed by Chihiro a lot more than she actually is. She's just like a big sister. Yeah. And then... So then she starts her job with, with Lynn and that's when mm. I've written down that um, when she's cleaning the floors, she looks like little Ponyo. Yeah, she does. I think does. she's in the same – it's the same colour and – Yeah, that kind of peachy yeah. and sort of bent over and she's got these big bloomery pants. Yes. Yeah. And so her costuming is very – when Ponyo becomes a little girl. Yeah, and she's got those – yeah, the big bloomers yeah. and, the, and the skirt. It's, yeah, it's I could really, really see the comparisons mm. – and the there. soft sprites had kept um, – they, they keep Chihiro's, like, real-world shoes and socks. Yes. Because it's a no-shoes situation because we're, you know, in an yeah. Asian household. Yeah. Um, and, but and in their little cubbies, they've kept her shoes and socks for her. And mm, I know. Really, it's so really cute. Sweet. So, but this is when we kind of work out that her job is basically to be a cleaner in the bathhouse. Yeah. So she's just kind of cleaning up after all these spirits come, come in or preparing the rooms for when spirits Yep. Cleaning out the big soaking tubs and cleaning the floors and learning real like pretty hard physical labor. Yeah, and I think we see Yubaba a little bit around here too because I've written down that I love her. She's got like gypsy traveler kind of vibes in that she's got a crystal ball and she's got jewels and um, so she's a bit of like if you went to a traveling circuit kind of thing like in a tent there would be a gypsy lady or a witch or Mm. someone like that that would you know tell your fortune that really stereotypical fortune teller type vibes yeah Yeah. and she kind of looks in her crystal ball and Mm. yeah that's why i would cosplay with her (laughs) as her those the jewelry the rings and her whole upstairs living quarters is like so ostentatious that the rest of the bathhouse is pretty classic japanese yeah 
and it really and captures it, yeah it really captures um what it would look like in Japan yeah. I, I feel although apparently like the outside was um based on a Taiwanese hotel oh okay yeah, there you so go I thought that was interesting the inside it does feel very traditionally Japanese yes. except for her floor which is yeah, really quite European. Yeah, and and like you look like at the I look at kind of like a Hungarian or yeah. something like that with um yeah all the velvets and the jewels the and the crystal ball yeah. and, and things. Yeah, it was kind of Russiany mm. that kind of Baltic yeah vibes. Yeah, I more think. Eastern. Yeah, it's an, yeah. So it's an interesting mixing of of cultures. At some point around this point in the movie. Chihiro's starting to learn a job and she lets No Face into the bathhouse, oh, yeah. which turns out to be a mistake. Mm-hmm. So No Face arrives. He is the character that I would um, cosplay as. No Face? I kind of feel – I've got In a few his, issues with No Face. Let's talk about No Face. So I found No Face a little bit creepy. Oh, yeah. Like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing, man? Like you're a little bit obsessed with this little girl and – we find out later that he can talk. He can only talk after he swallows the frog who can talk. Oh, and okay. he takes the frog's voice. Well, that makes so much more sense to me mm. because before that he was like just going, eh, <laughs> eh, eh, which I just was like, oh, mate, that's so creepy. <laughs> it's Cut so it creepy. out. Yeah. Cut it out. It's yeah. just, it's, well. <laughs> I think No Face is like the personification of – any person's kind of worst impulses. Okay. Then when he gets in there, we have Lynn and um Lynn and Tahiro are cleaning out one of the big tubs. They go in there and Lynn is like, this is harassment. It's disgusting and sludgy. And it's it's very gross. Yeah. And so at that point, the what they think is like a slime demon or a sludge monster yeah. arrives for a, a bar. Stink a stink spirit. spirit. And staff are like trying to be like, no, no, the baths are closed. Please, please go away. And Yubaba starts to think, this doesn't feel right. I don't think it is a stink demon, but let's and see kind how of it plays sets, out. sets Chihiro up to say, like, well, how does she? Ha- I'm going to give this untrusted new child the problem of dealing with this. Let's see how she handles it. Yeah. The thing is, she handles it pretty well, partly with the help of No Face. Yeah, who who managed to steal all the like little. Um, tokens yeah, so she can get the really good bath water. Yeah, like with all of the good herbal soaks in it. So he's followed her he's followed her around a bit, which is creepy. Mm. At first I think he wants to he wants to thank her for letting him in. Mm. And he's trying to learn what's got value in this world. And the foreman doesn't want to give her the the bath the tokens for the different bath soaks. Yeah. So he steals a bunch and gives them to her. Or leaves them for her. And so then she's able to use like the really good water for this stink demon and discovers he's not a stink demon. He's a river spirit who's been filled with junk and polluted. Yeah. I loved this. I thought it was so beautiful. And she, mm. she she's like, oh, there's a thorn stuck in him. And she goes and pulls it. And she just keeps pulling out bicycles and mm. all this rubbish that people have just thrown into the river. Yeah. You see that it is all, it's all human trash. Yeah. The poor little river spirit. And she gets this last little bit, which I think is, you know, a f- bit of fishing line, pops mm. it out, and he's free, and he becomes this incredible river dragon and thanks her and gives her this kind of little medicinal dumpling. 
Oh, that's a little right, brown yeah. thing, which is useful later in the movie. And um, but also gives leaves a whole lot of alluvial gold in the, mm. and that's how he pays. And so everyone's thrilled. Yubaba, yeah, there's gold everywhere. There's gold everywhere. They've made a lot of money. Saki's on the house. And no face has learned, oh, they value gold. Right, okay. Mm. I know how to – what to give them to get what I want. Yep. And then he just loses control of himself. Mm. And as soon as he's worked out how to get fed, he's just stuffing himself with food. Right, okay. See – yeah, you're explaining. I didn't really understand the no mm. face character at all, other than I think I was just a bit kind of more like, oh, you're creepy. And that kind of got stuck in my. Yeah. And then I paid a lot of attention to the other stuff going on that I didn't really understand. Yeah. No face and his I, place, really. I think I had to think for a while about what is, what is, what is no face and mm. what are they saying with him in this movie? Because you can't really see what they might be saying until we get to the end of his story. Okay. Because you sort of think, oh, he's he's a monster. But then he does kind of come back from being a monster. Sen, yeah. real, Sen <laughs> realises that actually being in the bathhouse is really bad for him. He's kind of like an addict. He doesn't know when to stop. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So we found out recently that Haku is actually a dr- – can – Become a dragon. Yeah. Which, too. like, if you're 10 and your maybe boyfriend turns into a dragon, maybe that's, that's the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, super so cool. So he's kind of – he's gone off – well, we find out that he's gone off on a bit of a um, mission for Yubaba and he's coming back and he's getting chased down by, like, paper birds. Yeah. And he's getting, like, paper cuts all over him. Yeah. And he's – so he, he kind of falls into the bathhouse and he's dying because he's bleeding to death, like mm. death by a thousand paper cuts, Yeah, really. Chihiro's really worried. It's at this point where I realise she's grown up so much already in, mm. the, in the last, I guess, few days that have happened in the film. Yeah. Her immediate thought is, I'm the only person who can see that this is happening and he's in real trouble. I have to find him and save yeah, him. he's bleeding. He's bleeding. Yeah. And then is it that when she works out that he's swallowed something as yeah. well? So we're crossing between everyone thinks No Face is this great new customer and they're all going to make heaps of money off him. And she's like, I'm sorry, I've got to do this. And realises he's got blood coming out of his mouth. It's really Yeah, it's really full on what's intense. happening. And so, yeah, he... He ends up upstairs in Yubaba's quarters and Chihiro goes up there to sort of argue with Yubaba and I think gets into the office and the that weird three-headed monster is like trying to push him into a pit. Oh, yeah. That whole bit's really intense. Yeah, there's so much. There's just so – this is the thing with this movie. Like you can't even discuss all of the – there's just so many – characters that pop up Mm -hmm. that it's just it's insane a little bit like those three heads who just go (laughs) and also the giant horrifying baby yeah the big baby so yeah in trying to get to haku to hero meets um yubaba's baby baby. who's yeah this hideously ugly giant baby who's never been outside and threatens to break her arm if she doesn't play with him like what a delightful child so she goes so Haku's bleeding from the inside. She works that out. And so Chihiro gives him um, the little dumpling from Mm. the river spirit. Yeah, they end up falling into that pit and they end up in the boiler room and she's like, okay, I'm going to give you this. This is, I think, um, either at this point or earlier, boiler man, Kamaji had said, oh, yeah, it's medicine from the river spirit. You know, that's really Uh, good stuff. Yeah. And so she gives it to him 
while he's still in his, his dragon form, it reminded me very much of, of giving my cat a tablet. That's, that is how it goes down. A lot of resistance. And then he comes back into his human form and she's like, yep, okay, um, this was definitely Haku. So I think they think he's stolen something. Yeah, he's stolen something from Yubaba's twin, yes. Zaniba. He coughs up okay. the, the magic seal and it's got this little slimy bug on it and she squishes it with her foot. Oh, yes. No, no, that's right. Zuniba had showed up. Zuniba, yeah, sent all of the paper birds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, she she was chasing, like, to, to chase him because he went to her house and stole the, the, seal. the seal. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Zuniba's there attacking him and then she it pops up in spirit form. The stupid baby can't tell the difference. Well, it's, I think, fair. His mother has an identical twin he doesn't know about. Of course he thinks it's his mum. Yeah. She turns him into a rat and turns Yubaba's weird bird into a fly. And ah, so then they all yes. fall down the pit together with um, Haku into the, the boiler room. Uh-huh. Because there's this great little moment where she squishes the bug that Haku has coughed up. Yeah, but who's the bug? The bug is something. The, the bug is actually a spell that, Yubaba put in Haku to control him, we find out oh, later. Oh, so yeah. she's, she's squished the control. Yeah, which is why then when he comes to, after she's gone off, so basically, yeah, that happens. She squishes it. Um, Chihiro decides, I'm going to go off to Zaniba and apologise on his behalf and see if she can save him. Uh-huh. This is how I'm going to save his life. And that's when they get on the train. And that's when they get on the train. And no face is there making creepy, gross noises. Because first, before she leaves, they well, she finds out that no face is, has gone from eating all the food. He's just fully out of control and is now eating the staff. And yeah, and that's when he's turned into a, like a big black frog. And, and looking for her and she's like, oop. And he, yeah, he's turned into this huge slimy black frog. And she's like, yeah, I did let him in. And she owns up to... I have inadvertently created a problem. I'm going to go and talk to him. Mm. And she gives him the other half of the river medicine, mm. which creates an amazingly disgusting sequence where he starts vomiting up all of the things he's oh, eaten. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really gross. But he, yeah, purges his system of all of the things he shouldn't have done. And he spews on Yubaba, which is pretty funny. And then, yeah, she goes on the train to go to Zaniba's house to apologise yeah, for Haku. And return the seal. Yeah, and then Haku wakes up and has been saved by the power of love, a theme that seems to be in the movies that I pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, suddenly he's all telling Yubaba what he thinks, that you have to – I will go and sort things out with your sister, but you have to let her out of her contract and you have to let her parents go. Yes. So that's all happening and the sequence on the train is beautiful. Mm. It's just those backgrounds are so gorgeous. Yeah. He does that so well, doesn't he? Mm. It's this nice moment of stillness where even though San has just seen No Face be absolutely hideous and terrifying, once he's got it all out of his system, she's like, yeah, he can come with us. Mm. And t- on the train though, she tells him he has to behave. <laughs> he's allowed to sit with them but he has to behave himself. And so they get to Zaniba's and it's also kind of European, but in mm. in a Maybe they f- are. Maybe, maybe maybe they're based on um like a, a European fairy tale style. Yeah, stuff. maybe. Sort of feels like it, because yeah. it's this beautiful sort of yeah, European. It reminded farmhouse. me of like um 
like in Hansel and Gretel, what like a cottage would be. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And Zaniba's like, and the name's Zaniba. Oh, it's also yeah, doesn't it, it? It sounds yeah, European fairy tale. Yeah, it does, me. doesn't yeah. it? And she's all like nice and making them tea and call me granny, and we're like, hang on, didn't you just almost kill Haku? It's like no, she's nice now. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. She's always <laughs> forgiven. And she explains to um Chihiro that the slug that she killed was actually the spell from Yubaba controlling Haku and is is very happy. She um re- reveals that the, the baby who is still a rat and the, the bird that, that is still a fly, they could have turned themselves back. The spell's yeah, broken. They don't want to. And though. they're like, No, we're fine like this for now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want it's to. Like, okay, fine, that's cool. It's very cute. And they do some weaving. Basically, Zaniba gives Chihiro sort of the the story of Yubaba and Haku and that, you know, she's controlling him. And But then basically adopts no face. Yeah. And is like, okay, you can hang around here and be my helper. This is where it's so – it's so kind of like, yeah, just – Plot, plot, let, plot. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's – it's it, there's a lot there's a lot going on <laughs> yes basically <laughs> and things just change and now this is happening and now you're my slave and now you're you're this you're it's yeah. just it's yeah and it's, it's like oh on. we've got another guest and Haku's rocked up in dragon form and he's fine now yeah and it's like but is this where she realizes that like she's known so Chihiro's mm. known Haku forever because he's the river spirit from where she grew up or yep. oh she she nearly drowned when she was little or she's still little like younger mm. and he saved her and that's yes. how they've got this connection yes that's exactly what happened so she remembers on she's always felt he was familiar and he remembers her name but not where from and he doesn't yes. remember where he's from and on the flight back when her and the Rat and the flyer all right. Yeah, it, was his back. Really, it was a bit um never ending story, it was wasn't it? So <laughs> never ending story. And she has the memory where she's like, Oh, my mum told me about this, but I've just remembered when I was little I fell in a river. Yeah. And you you were there and you guided me back to shore and your name is the Kohaku River. That's who you yes. are. And oh, it gives me goosebumps every time because then all of his scales just stand up and yeah. fall off because he's he's got his name back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's how they know each other, that that river got filled in for development and so it's not there anymore so we can't go home. Yeah. Which is That's another, really sad. Yeah, another part of the story. Yeah. One growth. of those themes of, yeah, and human Industrial destruction. growth, yeah. But that he's got his name. He doesn't have the spell on, an, on him anymore. He's got his name back. They are crying and falling in the sky and it's gorgeous. There's some beautiful rousing music. And then they arrive back for Yubaba's final test where she feels she's got the right to do one final test. Uh, Chihiro has to guess from a group of 12 pigs which pigs are her parents and if she guesses right, they're all free to go. And so they arrive back. Oh, yeah, also Haku right before he he left as Zaniba's, he's like, you haven't even noticed what's missing because uh, she hadn't noticed that her baby was actually the th- weird three heads turned into yeah, her baby. Yeah, that's as right. As part of Zaniba's thing. And so 
Yeah, Haku's really like got the upper hand here of you like, didn't, didn't even, even realise your baby's gone. The baby turns back from a rat into a baby and tells his mum off that you have to be nice to Sen because it's his friend and if, if she's not, he won't like her anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, he's still a baby but he can walk now, which is apparently new. Oh, okay. Um, she's like, how are you standing on your own? And he's like... Oh my god, he's like a giant. He's like the little he's Michelin. Than her. He's a little Michelin man. <laughs> he's he he is terrifying. Yeah. But Chihiro gets it right. None of those pigs are her parents. Mm. And she's free. And everyone cheers. Everyone's like super pumped for her. And she gets to go home. But she has to say goodbye to Haku. Yeah, it's it's sad, isn't it? That, yeah. That's the you know, you've got to go home and walk through the tunnel and not look back. Mm. To and go and meet your parents again and it's like it's kind of almost back in time like nothing had ever happened. Mm. But you've got to say goodbye to this person that you've just had this great adventure with. Yeah. And you've only just got your memories of it. It's it's yeah. over. Yeah. And she does. She goes back and her parents are there and they don't remember anything, which is good for them. Yeah. Who wants to remember being a pig for a oh, few it'll days? Be extremely traumatic. <laughs> and they get back and the car's all dusty and it's got, you know, leaves on yeah, it. Yeah. So, how long do you think it's been from when they arrived? Because, like, my initial thought was, yeah, a couple of days. But for the car to be that cobwebby and covered in mm. debris, it would be a little while. Yeah. I always thought, like, a week max. Okay. But then. I'd seen some stuff online where people have speculated, well, it's got to be longer. And something that I hadn't noticed until I saw it written online. But when they arrive at the at the very start of the movie, that entrance to the tunnel, there isn't all of that, like, grass and growth around it. Yeah. And at the end, there's, like, a lot, a lot. of growth. And so some people have speculated, it's like, oh, it must be, like, six months or something. Yeah, maybe. Which is terrifying. Yeah, but there's not – but storyline – wise and how fluid the story is feels mm. like it's a couple of days yeah so time just doesn't exist maybe maybe time not. runs differently in the spirit yeah. world let's yeah. go with that, let's go with that. <laughs> a few days in the spirit world is six months in our world quite possibly there we go I've solved it solved but it she gets back and she's ready she's missed her parents and She's she's a more grown up, more capable person for it, and the movie ends, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and the end credit song. I actually knew that song because oh. um, it gets used in the contemporary classes at at my dance school, which I didn't know. But oh. it's beautiful. Yep. I was like, oh, I know this song. <laughs> so what did you think? Yeah, it was good. I really liked it. Um, yeah, it was. Re- it, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I love it. I had to watch it a couple of times to, to – like I watched it by myself and then um, I watched it with – I actually think the first time I watched it, our internet dropped out halfway oh, no. through. I know. It's just been a challenging <laughs> time. Um, and so I had to watch it in kind of like with about an hour break in between, yep. like half and half. And then so I watched it a few days later with my girls – um, but it was, yeah, it was really nice. It's mm. a really sweet, sweet movie. It is. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. I love it for that sweetness. And for the themes that it brings in from Miyazaki's other work about family and the environment and the way that humans really kind of disregard their natural environment and what's that, what that's doing to the world. Mm. 
I don't really have gossip so much as just was going to talk about Miyazaki a bit more mm-hmm. and probably specifically the most uh, – it's not gossipy, but the, the thing about Miyazaki is that since about 2005 he's constantly been – well, maybe not constantly, but it feels like he's constantly been talking about retiring – and then he doesn't retire. And it's become a running joke about his career yeah. that f- he's doing a Fonzie. He is doing a Fonzie. The last few movies have been like this his is last, my final movie. His last tour. His last um, This is the last the time, last guys. Time, guys. <laughs> and yeah, the he his the last film of his that has come out, The Wind Rises, was definitely, you know, he's like, Yes, I'm retiring after this. This is my final movie. Um a few years ago at the film festival I saw a documentary about him and one of his um, co-directors at who who are part of the the studio they run Studio Ghibli, um, they were both making what were probably going to be their last films at the same time. And Miyazaki just really is this kind of curmudgeonly old guy who is cranky about a lot of things in the world, and he keeps talking about retiring. But he just clearly he gets bored. Yeah, he's currently making his next final film. He just needs a break, obviously, in between. Yeah, I think – and that makes a lot of sense to me. When you're in the middle of a really big project, you're yeah, like – Yeah, and he's like, this is the last one. I can't do it to myself anymore. I'm never doing this again. I'm over it. And then he he did formally retire after The Wind Rises and then got bored and decided I'm going to make an, a final film for my grandson so that he's got something of me you know, when I'm yeah. gone, which is very sweet. Reportedly – Miyazaki's had a, a, a difficult relationship with his eldest son, uh, Goro Miyazaki, who's also a director. Okay. In that sometimes he's publicly criticised him. Oh, come on. About his artistic choices. And I saw something, I haven't got the exact quote in front of me, but Goro was like, look, I give him a zero out of ten for being a father. Oh, but okay. a ten out of ten for being a director. And it's like, ooh, ooh. there's a complicated yeah. family. Yeah. But he's a, b- a bit of a workaholic. Everything I've seen in, in documentaries and reports, he's a a bit of a workaholic mm. and that can be very rough on your family life. Yeah. So, oh, definitely. But yeah, um, I think also having learned a bit about him from, from docos and good old Wikipedia and other articles, um, some of the other themes that come up a lot in his life it, also come out in the movies that he was born during World War Two. His father ran um, – an airplane like rudder parts factory. Okay. So they were building parts for Japanese fighter jets uh-huh. in World War Two. Yeah. Um, and then they had to move a couple of times during the war because towns they were living in got mm, bombed. Bombed, yeah. So there's in a lot of his movies a really strong anti war theme and The Wind Rises is about um a Japanese plane designer mm-hmm. d- during that period. So that's come up a lot in his movies. Yep. And I've got one other story that is not fully substantiated, but I do particularly like it that some of his films were made, um, were recut when they came across to English versions. I think particularly Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind is, I think his second movie, it got butchered when it was released in the US and he was ah. not into that at all. So then later, um, Studio Ghibli signed a deal with Miramax Yep. Um, so this story features everyone's least favourite human of all time, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah. Um, he wanted to make cuts to this one and okay. So yeah. So yeah, Miramax had cut this deal because Disney owned them. They wanted to make cuts to Princess Mononoke. And the producer of the movie sent a beautiful samurai sword with a little note 
no cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And there were no cuts. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very effective way to get your point across, it isn't really it? It really was. <laughs> it was very nice. Oh, really good. Yay. Yay, spirited away. <sighs> well, because it's not been good times, I thought next podcast we can um, watch something a little bit more lighthearted. So I've picked a murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always really worried when you say that. It's like, mm, how lighthearted is this really going to be though? <laughs> no, I promise it is lighthearted. We're going to watch Knives Out. Oh, awesome. Have you seen it? I have. It's so good. It is. And I promise you it is lighthearted. Yeah, it's – look, I mean, yes, there's murder, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. It's a, it's Cluedo, it's – Daniel Craig loving his life and not having to be Bond and having yeah. an outrageous accent. So good. So Amazing that's what cast. we're going to watch. Awesome. We're going to watch Knives Out. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, you can find us on the web at youwatchedwhat.net. Yes. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all of your podcast listening apps. Yes. Please subscribe, review us on any of those services. We would love to hear from you if you want to email us at youwatchwhatpodcast at gmail.com or via our website. Mm-hmm. Love to hear from you. You can even find us on TikTok, guys. <gasps> we are on TikTok. We're on TikTok. We should do our some con- TikToks. Our content's not great on TikTok <laughs> yet. We're working on We say right. yet. It will get there. Not right now but until I get my tooth fixed. <laughs> but we are there. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks, everyone, Thanks for listening. Everyone. Bye. See ya.